This episode is sponsored by Baxter Blue. Use the code SWS25 to save. When it comes to getting married, there's no better person to chat to than Annie Molinar. With over 10 years in the wedding industry, Annie has well and truly made her mark as a marriage celebrant, mentor, wordsmith and presenter. If you or someone you know is getting married, this episode is jam-packed full of everything you need to know. From how to save money without compromise, the do's and don'ts when it comes to planning, why tradition might not work for you and what to do if someone forgets the rings. Annie Moz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I always find it so funny when I, I, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to kind of start this whole thing off by putting tickets on myself, but I've done a few <laughs> podcast interviews now. in my time. <laughs> and everybody always introduces me as Annie Moz. Oh, no. And the most, the most hilarious part about that is that I made my Facebook name. Annie Moz instead of Annie Molinar so that to to remain kind of um, incognito inc- incognito inconspicuous and now everybody just calls me Annie Moz so it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good ring to it I must say rolls yeah. off the tongue yeah yeah love it's, it I'm just gonna have to wear it now I am I am the Moz <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to kick things off with the question that we ask all our guests. And that is, if we were to take you on a night out, and I've been with you on a night out, but I still don't know the answer to this question. What is your DJ song request and why? And what would we order you to drink? Long Island iced tea. Oh, whoa. (laughs) And and that should give you some indication as to how I party. (laughs) And the song choice... I will always, given the opportunity, I will always go uh, for something nostalgic. You kids may not remember this, but in the 90s there was a little indie film called Reality Bites starring Winona Ryder. I do love Winona Ryder. Haven't heard of Reality Bites. Wow. Okay. You need need to get educated on that. (laughs) But the reason this song makes me nostalgic is because of this movie and the song is My Sharona. And now you have to go and watch the movie to find out why. Okay. Well, we've got some homework. I need to go and watch that show and listen to that song. So (laughs) we've just suddenly opened up your podcast demographic to include Gen X. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. We're all about inclusivity. inclusivity. (laughs) Well, for those who don't know you, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and who Annie is? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about myself. I won't go into too much detail. Um, I'm from Victoria originally, but I live in, um, so Melbourne's kind of my home base, but I've been living in Queensland for nearly 20 years now. So I've got kids here. um, I've got my business here. So I do call the Gold Coast home now. It took me a really long time to be able to say that. I run a few businesses. I run a little magazine called Unholy Matrimony, which explores weddings that are different, a little bit darker, and that sort of in it looks into 
the wedding scene and the people who choose to do weddings differently. Yeah, that's on the back burner at the moment. We're about to release issue five. Had a little bit of a pause on that for a little while. What else do I do? I am a celebrant, a marriage celebrant have been a marriage celebrant for about 10 years. Oh, I hate it when people start churning out statistics. I won't tell you how many couples I've married. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds. Correct. (laughs) What else do I do? I, yeah, I'm a mum. I have a venue in a wedding, little wedding venue in Burley Heads. And I am like a mentor and a trainer for other celebrants. I've got a bunch of other celebrants that work under my brand and I've got a a Facebook group with about close to, I think there's four or 500 celebrants in that group. Holy moly. That I run workshops and training for. And yeah, we're a bit of a community and we'll sort of hang out and support each other and share tips and tricks and referrals and all the things. Wow. And that response to the question is really Annie just being modest because we could chat, this whole episode could be Annie's resume, which would just go on and on and on. Yes, spread myself thin. (laughs) A little little bit too thin. So I'm I'm actually working really hard on not doing that anymore. I'm trying to really, I find that um, as a creative, one of my biggest challenges is saying no to projects because if I find it creatively stimulating, then I want to throw myself into it and I want to do all the things all the time and then I find myself in the position where I've got all these plates in the air and I'm, you know, probably not not working as effectively as I should be on on each thing. So mm. my challenge, my New Year's challenge to myself, and I've renewed it mid-year, was to say no more often and to focus on the things that I have already going and manage them more effectively and more thoroughly yeah I've never related to something more in my life (laughs) totally I feel like a lot of creatives say that like a lot of people we've talked to say the similar thing Mm. it's nice when you can focus on just a few core things and it's like shiny object syndrome kind of like I feel like sometimes I get caught up in the new thing like what's new and like where can I go to next but rather than fostering what is already there in existence yeah yeah. doing a few things and doing them well Mm. instead of doing many things and uh you know not not doing them to the your the best of your capability not giving them the attention they deserve Mm. and also not enjoying them either like when you've got a bazillion things you kind of don't enjoy them to the most like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. to the max yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah yeah you don't lie in bed at night as well going oh my god I've still got to do that that. 100% how did you get into the wedding industry I was a, a school teacher before I was a celebrant um I did a double degree in teaching and social work so like being in front of people and talking's never been an issue for me and I've always been like a like had that kind of helper role you know that mm. 
caring for people, supporting people kind of persona as well. Being a celebrant means I get to tick a lot of boxes in my skill set. It means I get to scratch my performer's itch. It means that I get to be around people. It means I get to help people and support people on their day and be the calming presence. You know, I just feel like it ticks a lot of boxes. Even since I was young, I always thought, gee, it'd be cool to marry people. It was just something I had in the back of my head. But I always saw it as a job that people did in their retirement. It was a job for older people. It was a community service role. It was something, you know, it wasn't, you, young people didn't marry people. No one would No one would trust a young person with their wedding day. No one, I wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't let me sign all their legal certificates and all of that. So the idea that was in my head seemed ridiculous. And then one day I went to a wedding uh, friends of mine were getting married and when I arrived I was really surprised to see that there was a younger celebrant up there. She would have been 40, 50, not sure, but younger than I'd ever seen before. She was really well dressed, really well presented and I was intrigued from the start and really like sat down for that ceremony hoping and 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 wishing that the ceremony would be something different and cool because that that couple who were getting married were very different and very cool and they had an amazing backstory and I thought, oh, they've gone out of their way to find someone who can represent them well and, you know, this is going to be amazing. Mm. I was really disappointed to discover that that particular ceremony didn't hit any of the right notes. And although that celebrant was really well presented and offered something unique in terms of, you know, the way she looked visually, she didn't, um, unfortunately, she wasn't a great storyteller Mm. and she was very monotone. And the whole time I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, I could be doing this. I could be doing this so much better. And like halfway through the ceremony, I remember grabbing my husband's sleeve and I had my my baby boy in my arms, like breastfeeding her. I'm going to become a celebrant. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, okay, sure. And then, and then I just got fixated on it. And the yeah. next day I enrolled to do my Cert 4 in celebrancy. And I thought, I'm on maternity leave. Uh, I didn't really want to go back to teaching anyway. Once I had my own children, I really lost patience for other people. It was like being around other people's kids all day did not appeal to me anymore. <laughs> I thought, oh, this will just be something good. I can, you know, pour my creative energy into. I can marry all my mates because we were all at that marrying age. Mm. All of my friends were about to get married. They're in long-term relationships. It's like, yes, I'll be, I'll be celebrant for all my friends I didn't really at that point see it as something that could potentially become a career Mm. I never thought it was something I could make a whole lot of money from I always thought it was something that I might earn me a little bit of extra money on the side um, whilst establishing a career elsewhere and uh, I just had no idea what was about to happen and you know in my first year of getting appointed I delivered 30 weddings and it was to the point where I hadn't done any advertising or anything like that the most I had done was set up an Instagram page and on that Instagram page I guess I have always been really transparent I never tried to make anything like I never borrowed stock images from other weddings and said your wedding can be beautiful I always just told stories about couples so I'd go to the wedding I'd tell stories. And before stories on Instagram came about, I used to 
tell stories, film myself telling a story after the wedding and post it as a post on, on my mm. Instagram wall. Uh, and I, yes, I don't know, but people liked it and it was weird because I, I guess celebrants weren't really doing that back mm. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and before I knew it, I, I was in a position where I had no business plan, but people wanted to give me money. I had no sort of bookkeeping um, processes in place. I had didn't have a website. I didn't. I was, you know, managing things via text message and email and and Instagram Messenger and Facebook Messenger and all of the and you know just flying by the seat of my pants basically. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, it wasn't until I got a website, I you know, invested some money in setting up some business systems, got a website in place and started taking it seriously that the business really started to grow and, yeah, the, I guess it snowballed from there to a point where I couldn't ta- – I was just turning away more weddings than I could take on and so I started bringing other celebrants on board and training them and mentoring them, celebrants who I thought kind of had a similar flavour to me that would lend themselves well to the Lady Love brand. And, yeah, then so now I think there's, uh, uh, I don't know if there's nine or ten of Oh, there's a tenth one coming on board shortly, but there's there's nine active celebrants working under the Lady Love brand between here, Sunshine Coast, Byron Bay, Sydney, Brisbane, Toowoomba. Yeah. So incredible. I I feel so lucky to be to have been one of the OGs to be mentored by you before it was even a thing you'd considered from a business perspective because I remember reaching out to Annie. I was that annoying rookie celebrant who was like jumping on. If you were annoying, I wouldn't have mentored (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, there's always, you always look back on like the, oh, the newbie, like, oh, look at this rookie coming up wanting some help. Why don't you figure it out yourself? Like type attitude. I'm sure that wasn't what was in your mind, but you were so kind to me. But I reached out to Annie, which is how I know her on Instagram when I became a wedding celebrant. And um, just, you know, I think I was asking you something about the Red Book. There's this book that celebrants like used to use. I don't even think it's a thing anymore. I don't know. I'm still using it. Really? Oh, you, you still use it? No. Is that what you said? Some, <laughs> some, oh, some. some still use it. Oh, some. true. Okay. Well, it's like a, it's like this big official red book that you can get from the Attorney General's website or something and it's got some of the paperwork in it that's required to get officially married. It's anyway. like an old school marriage register. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You fill in by hand. And I right. think it maybe was along the lines of that or something similar where I reached out to Annie. I was like, do you even need the red book? Is it necessary? What do you use? Blah, blah, blah. And Annie just sent me the longest response back and it was just like oh my god this person's like spending so much of her time just wanting to help me and I from that moment I basically just was like she is the pinnacle of celebrant that is who I (laughs) that is who I want to be and then we met at this like conference in Sydney where like hundreds of celebrants went and just partied basically for like a couple days yeah it was a conference it was a conference (laughs) we love a conference (laughs) inverted piss up um no it was it was so much fun but from there I feel like Annie and, and I our friendship just kind of developed and now we are not only business friends but actual friends and so I just thought I'd give a bit of a background there and how that all came to be yeah like like Lara said the 
when I met her, uh, it was before I even considered bringing other celebrants underneath my brand. But you were the first celebrant that I actively mentored. And although it was an unofficial arrangement, uh, just sort of something that occurred naturally, I felt that I wanted to help you. I liked you straight away. So, you know, having you come along to weddings with me. Oh, yeah, and, of course. Yeah. yeah, you came and watched me do a few a few weddings and then meeting up at little bars in West End and writing ceremonies together and, and things like that. I don't know. I guess that helped me sort of sort out in my head whether or not I liked that role. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I, I did. Turns out I did. And, um, yeah, it's been – and also for me, I don't know, like I said, that that – that helper part of me really loves to see other people thrive. Mm. And so when I see, you know, that I've helped someone in some way and then I see them just like Larry has crushed it. Crushed it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely crushed it. And seeing her move ahead in leaps and bounds has been super gratifying for me as well. So, yeah, it's the same. I get the same feeling for when I bring the other lady loves on board and then they all start getting bookings and, you know, getting these little text messages from them. Booked another couple. I'm like, flame emoji. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And I can, I feel like it definitely translates the you know, your past career of being a teacher to now that mentorship sort of role. Definitely, I can see how that translates. I have recently just gotten engaged. Well, it happened six months ago. (laughs) So thank you. But um, yeah, it's the whole world of wedding is very new to me and just everything to do with weddings I swear I'm always asking Lara like what do you reckon like what's what's what should I do here what's this Mm. um and it's nice to have someone with some knowledge because you know I've only ever been to I don't know like three weddings in my life or something could you for our listeners could you give us some of the biggest mistakes couples make when planning a wedding yeah, for sure. I think that question's super easy to answer because the biggest and most common mistake I see couples make is they get caught up in the small things, right? like the things that truly do not matter. Because if you're going into your wedding day and you're stressed about things like uh, favours, like uh, bombardiers or whatever you want to call them for your guests, you know, get, making sure that each guest goes home with a, a pot of honey and, <laughs> and some sugared almonds. You know, that I swear that by the time your guests leave your wedding, they probably won't even remember to take the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Fuck the honey. <laughs> or like those little things and making decisions surrounding details like um, colour schemes and uh, table layouts and things like that, my biggest piece of advice would be hire great people and let make them make those decisions for you mm. because you, once again, people will not leave your wedding remembering those details. People will leave your wedding remembering 
whether the food was good, whether mm. the, you know, if they were hungry, <laughs> they leave their, <laughs> the wedding hungry, they'll, they'll remember that. So I would say focus on the big things, the things that matter. Invest your time, your energy and your money into those things and let the professionals work out the smaller details. You're paying them to do a job. You don't need to manage them. They know what they're doing. They do it week in, week out. So mm. just pay them, let them do their role, let them be creative and they will love you so much for letting you like giving them free reign on creativity and in fact they'll probably give you more yeah because because you're giving them that like I know florists who will come up to me after a wedding and go how great is this couple they just let me do whatever I want and the and it will be spectacular Mm. because they haven't been you know they haven't um micromanaged to work work within a scope they've been that someone said to them be creative do your thing this is the field that we're going for create something that that fits in with that feel and the results always not just unique and different but you can it it's it's like I don't know. There's something extra special that because because when you allow creative people to pour their creativity into something, the results just something else, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like as a as a person getting married, you don't know what you don't know, and so all of you the knowledge that you've obtained around weddings and ideas around styling and everything like that has come from what you've already seen. And everybody will come to me, um, any, anyone who's getting married, like, we want to, we want something different. Um, but we've seen this, 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 and we like this, this, this. So basically the ideas that they've got in their mind about what weddings should look and feel like have all been founded in what they've seen online. And so they're extracting their own ideas from bits and pieces that they've seen of other people's weddings. Mm. Creatives who work in the wedding industry didn't work in the, don't work in the wedding industry because they want to recreate someone else's wedding. Mm. They work in the wedding industry because they want to create something new, something fresh. And if you give them the opportunity to do that, they will help you create an amazing experience for you and your guests. So my my advice is don't sweat the small stuff, don't worry about the smaller details, let the professionals do their role and you just make sure that you've uh, hired great professionals who will feed your guests well, entertain them well and the rest of the, the, the experience will take care of itself. So Very true. That's so true. Yeah, you said that to me the other day. You were like, just don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, I think it's like the ones that I've seen go not terribly wrong, but the only time things have not gone well is when people have been so obsessed with everything going so perfectly that they've planned everything within an inch of its death and then that is just naturally a recipe for a, a disaster. Yeah, Like it's the perfect storm for like things not going to plan because like a wedding is, is real life. Like you can, I, I mean, you can't go into it unplanned. You have to have certain things planned, like certain checkpoints of like things are going to happen here and then it'll flow on from there. But if you allow no space for spontaneity and mm. flexibility, it's just going to crumble. Like Too rigid. And too rigid. They're the only ones that have suffered in my opinion. And you can probably relate to that, Annie. 
That's exactly the reason why I tell my couples not to have a rehearsal because yeah. this is not a production, right? Like Lara said, this is a real this is a real life event. This is a moment in time that's that ha- has so much raw emotion involved with so many moving parts and so many people from, you know, different walks of life and you've got family on both sides the the dynamic can be quite difficult to manage at times. Mm. You've got friends, family, different age groups. So there's always, always uh, the chance and the very real probability that things will go wrong. Allowing yourself the uh, time to just sort of step back and let those things go wrong and have a good time anyway will be the best decision that you can make on the day. The main thing that happens, the main thing that you want to achieve from your day is that you get married. <laughs> so that's a that's a given <laughs> as long as you've got a good celebrant on board. I'm assuming you've got that part covered there, Amelia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the party that follows is, uh, you know, sharing sharing times with your people. And that's all mm. you want, really. You want all of your favourite people there to share a good time together. Yeah. Um, the rest is just lipstick and rouge. You yeah, know? I love that. I love that saying. So <laughs> good. So true. Um, weddings are obviously a super expensive party to throw. Where do you think money can be saved and what are the non-negotiables worth investing in? I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with our last question, but... Let's just emphasize where specifically should you spend your money and where can you save it? Because I always say prioritize. What's the most important thing for you on your wedding day? Are you foodies? Is food key, you know? And so do you want, do you want to give your guests a culinary experience? So if so, that's got to be where a large portion of your budget is dedicated. Is music really important to you? Is that one of the core things that you as a couple that find that you find as a couple define you and define your relationship and all of the people who are going to be there is that going to be something they deeply appreciate if so invest your money in music so I don't think that if any one wedding you can say Mm. oh you Mm. should save money here or you should save money there what you need to do as a couple is sit down and talk about the things that matter most to you and that's where you dedicate you know the and and manage and, and prioritize your budget and then the rest of the things the things that are less important that are right down the bottom of the list if if it's down the bottom, it probably is very unimportant mm. and it might just be something if there's room in the budget later on that you can add it in. Mm. But if it's if it's down the bottom, I, I would say that, look, weddings always cost more than what you anticipate them. I think that if you start with a budget of 20000 20, your wedding will cost 30000 mm. So having that having that list there as a constant reminder and keeping yourself in check for what you need to achieve, the things must-haves, you know, must-haves right down to um, optional. Mm. And if it's optional and you can't make it happen, don't sweat it. It won't matter. And I feel like it's important to know as a couple what's important to you instead of listening to, you know, you'll ask someone's mum and they're like, oh, no, you definitely need all the flowers in the world. And it's like, well... Yeah, like you said, is that important to me and my couple? Because at the end of the day, yeah. like it's our wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's we. How you got to reflect on how you want to feel after it's over. Like, how do my feet want to feel? Like, I want to have danced all night, you know. And I feel like music will be a huge one for you, yeah. and Mitch. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And so, yeah, I think it just comes down to like you know, for me, 
I'm not going to feel much from the flowers that were there on the day, even though I would like some, you know. You want it to look nice. I want it to look nice. If you don't want to spend a lot of money on flowers, then select a venue that speaks for itself. It doesn't Mm. require you to spend a lot of money on styling and flowers. Select a venue that already has furniture so you don't need to hire furniture. Select a venue that's already visually appealing and has – it has greenery installations or is naturally beautiful, like a beautiful outdoor venue. So you can save money by selecting your venue um, carefully as well. Some venues only uh, are purpose-built for weddings. So everything that is already there, you can literally walk in there and not do a thing to the place. And maybe it might cost a bit more to hire that place, but in the end you'll save money because you've not spent money on on hiring items Mm. like furniture and and florals and things like that. So if you are really conscious of your budget and looking for ways to uh, save, select your venue really carefully and Mm. also book in advance so that you've got more venue options. Most wedding venues in Southeast Queensland will book out 12 months in advance. So if you want to, yeah, and I know some of the most popular ones over this way are booked out already until 2025. <gasps> All right. Well, I'm getting married in 2025. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, consi- I'm sitting here like brainstormed. Well, that, no, 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 no. We'll be fine. But we haven't set a date yet. But, um, but we um, like <laughs> I love that. Um, but the I'm thinking of all the things that I know you like, like food, dancing, mm. aesthetic, and I'm like doing the maths. I'm like, yeah, so this wedding's going to approximately cost $500,000. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, how do I say that all of them are priorities? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all the more reason to book, you know, well, well in, in advance. advance so that you've got time to pay them off. Totally. And I think that's another thing that you can that you can bear in mind. If you book your wedding 18 months in advance, that gives you 18 months to slowly chip away, pay things mm. off and and yep. rather rather than being hit with a bunch of bills all at once and then three months later another bunch. Yeah, totally. So and, true. And you also want to be called someone's fiance for as long as possible. I yeah, think it's enjoy being engaged. Yeah, yeah fiance sounds hot. <laughs> 100%. What's the rush? I love yeah. that celebrants are saying that. Like, don't rush, babe. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. I'll be the first to admit, I spend far too much time looking at my screens. And I'm sure we've heard by now how the blue light from them can be harmful for our eyes. As far as digital eye strain goes, Baxter Blue have had us covered for a while now with their famous blue light filtering glasses. Yeah, I own a few pairs and I'm a big fan. Well, they've actually taken it a step further and launched a wellness range which supports our sleep and stress levels too. I know if I've been on screens all day, especially right before bed, it really affects my sleep and I struggle to relax. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a tension headache. And it's not like we can just quit using our devices and so much of our life is digital. For sure. I highly recommend getting some blue light glasses if you feel the same. I was surprised how much I noticed a difference. And I can't imagine the impact it's having on kids nowadays too. If you want to look good and be an eco-warrior at the same time, you can check out their biodegradable range and know that you're making a difference given the fact they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. You can find a pair for everyone, even the kitties. And don't forget to use our discount code SWS25 for 25% off. Are there any trends that are coming through in 2022 in the wedding industry? 
Yeah, I've noticed a massive trend towards the micro wedding. Micro wedding somewhere between an elopement and a large scale wedding where you have somewhere between 20 to 40 guests and the focus is more on the ceremony and then perhaps like a dinner or something afterwards. Mm. It's a shorter version of a wedding. So instead of going for like six to eight hours, you might go for three to four hours. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a lower cost. It's a, it's a much more intimate experience. And then the couple tend to spend a lot more money on the honeymoon afterwards. And I know, I think that this, this has all come about as a result of the pandemic, I'm sure, mm-hmm. because couples became very disenfranchised with, uh, looking at and trying to organise a wedding f- for with 100 guests um, when borders were closed and they couldn't get family over and they couldn't, um, yeah, it became an impossible task. So they started to refine their idea of what they wanted their experience to look and feel like. And some in some cases that meant just having uh, family there. They're like, we want to be married. Mm. We've been waiting two years to get married. Now we just want to be married. We don't even care about the big wedding anymore. We just want to be married. So they, they revisited, you know, their values and what they wanted to achieve for their wedding day and they're actually – like when we strip it all away, we actually just want to be married. Mm. And we know that we know that we, our families will be upset if we, we can't invite them along and experience that with us and, you know, watch us cross the threshold. So let's just get married in, in, in a much more simple way. And then now that travel has opened back up, let's go on an epic honeymoon. Mm. So I think the trend towards micro weddings um, is definitely visible now it was already becoming visible elopements obviously were huge during the pandemic but coming out the other side of the pandemic I'm noticing a massive trend towards micro weddings and um what's the other one that I thought of oh yes one that I love is I've been seeing more because you've all seen on um Instagram and TikTok and everything the flower boys uh, and, you know, I know where this is going yeah yeah I've <laughs> But um, just recently I've had uh, two couples tell me that they've got their grandparents being their flower people. Oh, that's so special. That's so cute. So their grandmother and their grandfather for one of my weddings, they're walking down before the couple eat and they've got a little basket and they're throwing petals out before the before the wedding party come down and before they the bride walks down the aisle so that's going to be really special and then they're also having their parent their grandparents as their witnesses for their to co-sign their marriage documents and I think that's really important for two reasons one is that if you're lucky enough to still have your grandparents around when you get married having uh like a memento on the day that has their actual signature Mm. and and an opportunity for great photos together will always be important to you Mm. and those beautiful marriage certificates that you get on the day can easily be ruined by somebody with a terrible signature (laughs) and grandparents never have terrible signatures they're always (laughs) like So true. They're always so beautiful. They've got flourishes on the on each uh, and accents on top of the letters, and they spend five minutes writing it out. And go, damn! As a generation, we really failed them. <laughs> Don't say mine. Bloody shocking. Um, oh, I love that one. Yeah. So grandparents, and then 
the other thing is like we've all seen uh, people being walked down the aisle by parents and also um, by other family members Mm -hmm. and by their children even. But I've noticed recently I've had a couple of brides walking down the aisle with their dogs. Oh, cute. Being walked down the aisle by your dog doesn't really get any better. And, you know, I do, I'm aware that some venues don't allow dogs. So I think at that point in time, it's pretty important to consider new venue options. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's so, my dogs would be like, yeah, yeah. so stoked to see everyone. They jump up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. More dogs at weddings, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, yeah, you, you never want to assume anymore who's walking down the aisle with you because, yeah, and then sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, duh, like obviously. And I'm like, well, you yeah, don't know. know. You don't know. You just have your best friend as well. Like some people do that. and I feel like I the have- beauty is that you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no pressure to s- stick with what's been done for the last however many years. It's literally can be a reflection of you and what's important to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've also had um, couples walk down the aisle together, which I think is Mm. very, very very beautiful. Uh, Symbolically, you know, you enter the space together, you leave together. and, And we all know where the tradition of being walked down the aisle comes from. So I don't want to take away from couples who decide to stick to that tradition either, because I think that as long as you're doing what whatever holds meaning for you on your wedding day, then then you're doing the right thing. If you want yeah. to be walked down the aisle by your dad, I, it certainly no longer represents being given away. Mm. Being walked down the aisle by a parent does not represent being given away by that parent. No, Nobody I know who I have married sees it that way. It's more of um, an opportunity for parents to say, we love this. We're here to support it. We give this, you know, we give this marriage our blessing because mm. we love the person. They, we love our daughter. We love our, our future son. We love our, we, and often you've got same sex couples. So, you know, that's not, I've got two men um, being married in a couple of months and they are being walked down the aisle by their dads, oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that, Tradition, I don't think, like, I'm not anti-tradition. I'm anti-people being forced or feeling pressured to participate in traditions that don't hold meaning for them. And I think that's an important distinction to make. So whatever holds meaning for you, whatever feels right for you, do it. Mm. And on that note of walking down with your partner, like that will often assume that you might have already done a first look, which I've noticed is another big trend. Yes, first looks. First looks. So for anyone who doesn't realise, it just means you, rather than seeing the other party for the first time at the altar or down the aisle, you've already done the photo shoot. Great for couples who get emotional at the top of the aisle because sometimes the moment they see them and they some people hate being emotional at their wedding, like how can I – Give me every tip under the sun to avoid crying. <laughs> and so that's a good way to avoid it if that's you. Um, yeah. Seeing each other before so you've broken that ice, you know what to expect. Mm. And then you get all your wedding portraits done before the ceremony and, you and the emotion fab. of the ceremony has wrecked your makeup, the wind and the rain's wrecked your hair. 
yeah. you know, you've got no sand up your nostrils. You're like, <laughs> get all your get all your wedding portraits done when you're pristine, just yeah. fresh out of the hair the hair and makeup studio, and yeah. you know, you'll get those photos back, and you'll say, yeah, good good choice. That's funny because my thing is like you know, when the couples go away and get photos and everyone's left to kind of mingle, I'm like, no, like I want to be mingling. I don't want to be getting photos. Mm. So I feel like that's a great way to kind of like two birds, one stone as well, you know, get your photos yeah. done prior. But then yes, you were you saying the lighting isn't good. Away. Oh, it depends on where, like depends yep. on where you are. And you can always you can always peel out for 10 minutes and get some sunset photos as well. But if you leave all of your portrait photos to happen following the ceremony, you should expect to be away from your guests for at least an hour. So as long as you bear that in mind, mm. that if you don't do a first look and you don't get your portrait shots done before the ceremony takes place, there will be at least an hour after the ceremony where your guests will be hanging and having canapes and drinks and things like that and you'll be off then with your wedding party uh, and your photographer and videographer if you've got one getting all of the shots Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, if that's not something that you want to happen on your day if you're really keen to hang around after the ceremony for those congratulatory hugs and drinks and garden games and all the things (laughs) first look might be for you what I don't think a lot of people realize is you know, there's the bare minimum to get married is really not that much. Like what yeah. is required to have a legal marriage? They probably think, oh, it's legal. So therefore we must include like, you know, rings, vows, blah, blah, blah. Rings and vows are optional except for the legal The legal vows obviously a must have. But yeah, you can basically tailor it to suit you as long as you're including your legal vows, as long as the celebrant says a little ditty about the fact that you're entering into a legal marriage called the monotum, which I hope by that point they realise they're getting married. (laughs) So that's just a little reminder that we have to legally throw in. And apart from that, just the paperwork. So everything else, rings, bloody whatever you do before the ceremony, how you walk down, that's all up to you. The world's your oyster. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of the ideas that people have about what a wedding ceremony should look, feel and sound like have been derived from American movies. Yes. Mm. So things like things like even saying I do, there's no legal requirement to say I do during your ceremony. The I do thing, that came from an old school ritual where the couple, it's that part of the ceremony where the couple are, obviously they're meeting at the altar for the very first time and they're asked, the bride's asked, do you you promise to love, honour and obey? And she's like, never met this guy before. And she's like, I do. So that that doesn't exist anymore. Now we just promise to love, honour and eBay and, you know, the veil's no longer necessary. The veil was, was in place because... The, the the groom seeing the bride for the first time and the veil's there. So he says his vows before lifting the veil <gasps> to give her a kiss just in case he doesn't find her attractive enough. So the veil's there. To, to, yes. So, you know, all of that really gendered um, patriarchal stuff that previously existed in ceremony and that we've come to learn and know about through American movies does not exist here in Australia. So rest assured your celebrant will walk you through the process of getting married and assure you that 
everything that is important to you and everything that you want to do is catered to in your ceremony and all of that stuff that yeah that's days that's in days gone by totally stone ages um tell us about the tell us about the sword tradition as well the, sorry the, uh, the the sides of where people stand as well and how that came about you know how when the bride inverted commas walks down the aisle with and you know how the father has to stand on a certain side to ward off you know oh the story God, you know no. the story I only know the story of like, I mean, I know a few, but there are things that I, if I tell you, there are certain things you can never unlearn. So (laughs) there are some traditions that I feel like people shouldn't know about, like the reason why we cut the cake and what that represents. Um, If I tell you, you can never unlearn that and you might not want to have a wedding cake and you might like to have a wedding cake. Yeah, that's that's so true. That's so true. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like the main thing to take away from this is, do things the way you want. You also don't have to stand on a particular side, d- despite what history has taught us. You, yes. Every time I do a wedding, guests are like, which side am I on? And I'm like, yes. well, look, if you want to be as close to, like, the person you gave birth to as possible, you can sit here. But everyone else, <laughs> like, yeah. it's free reign. Like, yeah. it's 2022. And the, and the bride doesn't, is not carrying flowers to mask her smell because she hasn't bathed in, in a month, <laughs> you know, like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. There are many archaic. That if you look into the backstory of many, many wedding traditions, your mind will be blown. And like, I cannot believe that we are still doing this Mm. stuff, and that's where it's derived from. So, yeah, yeah. Do what's important to you. Don't be a slave to, to, to tradition. Keep what you love. Get rid of what you hate, and you'll have a fab day. Oh, that's best that's advice great advice ever. Um, this wasn't one of the questions we were, we were going to ask you, but um, when rituals, rituals is a thing that some people feel like they have to include. Um, I feel like it's really kind of disappeared over the last few years um, because they often have a negative. I don't know, like it's people feel like, you know, we might have to include a sand ceremony because I've seen people do that before or a candle lighting ceremony. Those things, I don't think I've ever done a sand ceremony or a candle lighting ceremony. And when I was doing my Cert 4, these are things that I was told we would be doing all the time and I've never done it once. You know, I think the problem, the main problem is that in Australia, we are such uncultured swines. <laughs> we don't have any cultural t- traditions and things like that, except for the aforementioned things that we've seen um, and stolen from, you know, American traditions and mm. things like that. You look into the the rich culture and history, culture and history of um other ceremonies like Hindu mm. and and Chinese tea ceremonies and they've all got these amazing things that they do and they're so important and, and hold so much meaning and, you know, they mark real transitions for people as, as they cross the threshold into married life and, you know, it's, there's, they're really, really beautiful. But in Australia... <laughs> We don't have any of that. So we tried very hard to create some of our own traditions like pouring different coloured sand into jars and, you know, having that represent the blending of two lives into one and, you know, it's – and but really 
these these things have been pulled from the sky. <laughs> They're not. And so you can't make something have meaning. You mm. can try and attach meaning to something, but unless it's integral to who you are and part of, you know, it, it embodies who you are as a person or, or your family culture or your history or your ethnicity, really it just becomes fluff or filler. And your guests kind of will sit there through, like through one of those rituals and think, the hell is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are they? What are they pouring sand into a jar for? Who knew sand was so important? Later, yeah, yeah. You know, so it becomes fluff. It becomes filler. It becomes something that you know feels very detached from the rest of the ceremony. Because any good celebrant will tell you they spend so much time researching and getting to know their couples and writing a ceremony that really. Uh, reflects who they are and the journey that they've been on to, you know, and, and homes in on poignant little anecdotes and funny memories and their, of their times together and their quirks and their traits and all the things, you know. And then when you stop the ceremony midway through to pour coloured sand into a jar, everyone goes, <laughs> like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah. You know? So I think that ritual when meaningful, again, as long as it holds meaning, is it's valuable. Mm. And when it doesn't, it's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> that is great advice. Well, we have gone on a bit of a tangent, but yep. that's fine. <laughs> we love it. And I have learnt so much and I know everyone listening will have learnt yeah. so much as well. 100%. Do you have anything that you're working on in the pipelines? Any goals that you could tell us about? Well, I like I mentioned earlier, I've I have a wedding venue in Burley Heads that I've just opened up and it is well it came it was born out of the pandemic and that um, that trend that I mentioned earlier towards micro weddings. So the venue is purpose built for micro weddings and it's it's one of those places that you can walk into where everything's already there, furniture's done, there are already there's real living greenery and floral installations and things like that. So the idea, the whole idea behind me opening this venue is that you can get married with, you know, twenty to thirty of your favorite people for under five thousand dollars. So wow. It's um, it's 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 my sort of goal or vision to work towards being wholly and solely based there, and only maybe going out on the odd occasion to to do bigger weddings. So I've got all of my other lady loves on board now, going out to deliver weddings all over the countryside. And I will slowly start to taper off in that regard and um, focus my time and my energy onto looking after the venue and my couples who want to have the ceremony as the focus for their day and hang out with their, you know, closest family and friends for a few hours and, you know, then go on a big overseas honeymoon and spend all their money there instead. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like how I set that up early on in the interviews so that I could walk into this? Later? Yeah, that was great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely unintentional, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> well, as always, we like to end our chat with one of our favourite games, a bit of Would You Rather. 
um, which never ceases to amaze us with the the answers that people come up with. It's mm. just quite astonishing slash hilarious. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and how you get around these questions, Annie. They're all wedding related. Mm. Um, Amelia, why don't you kick things off? Sure. Okay. So the first question is, would you rather drop the wedding rings down a drain or show up 45 minutes late to the ceremony? Uh, late. <laughs> you know, you can be 45 minutes late without causing thousands of dollars worth of <laughs> So true. Oh, damn it. I didn't think of that when I came up with this. <laughs> oh, and even... Even though they might hate you a bit for being late, they would hate you so much more for dropping the wedding rings down the drain. I have had couples, it's happened on a couple of times where we're in ceremony and realised at some point that we don't have the rings and the worst one was the bridesmaid was supposed to bring the rings with her from the hotel and she walked down the aisle first and I could see she was quite emotional and she got to the other end of the aisle and I'm like, oh, you're so emotional, you look great. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she goes, I left the rings oh. at the hotel. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, she goes, and she said that the bride didn't know. And so I had about oh, well, le- less than a minute, less than a minute before the bride walked down the aisle. So I'm like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And I quickly went to some of the guests and I'm looking at all their fingers and I'm like, give me a ring. <laughs> Stop. Give me a ring. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, grabbed, gra- grabbed, um, uh, like looking at it and I sort of knew that the bride, you know, I, th- I think she's going to have skinny fingers. So I was trying to look for someone with skinny fingers. And- <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, give me here. And they're like, I've here for the ceremony. And so all these people are pulling rings off their finger and trying to hand them to me. And then I had to gracefully go back and, you know, and I welcomed her in and I'm fluffing her dress. And I thought I'm not going to even tell her that this has happened until the moment when it's time to exchange rings because then she'll be thinking about it for the whole ceremony and it'll ruin her experience. Totally. So um, we got to the point where they've exchanged vows and I said, and now uh, we're going to exchange rings. And then I just put the microphone down and I said to her, I go, these aren't your rings. <laughs> just, go, just go with it. And she looked at me and she looked at him and then she turned around <gasps> and she looked at her bridesmaid and I swear she burnt holes in her head <laughs> with her oh laser beam gaze. <laughs> it was like... Oh, oh my gosh yeah and then I opened up my my hand to reveal <laughs> you know <laughs> these random rings obtained <laughs> from random guests and anyway she kept her cool and she you know she put the ring on and then she you know they exchanged the rings and everything and I looked over at the bridesmaid and she just had tears just constantly Aww. running down her face the poor thing yeah, and uh, yeah, it was all good. And then yeah. after the ceremony, somebody ran back to the hotel and, and got the rings for them. But knowing how much those rings mean in that moment, I would 100% mm. choose being 45 minutes late over, you know, losing the rings down the drain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just got sweaty thinking about that happening. <laughs> that is, wow. I actually remember seeing that on your Instagram story when it happened, but that story never gets old. Oh, never, yeah. never, never. Uh, one of the best things about working in the wedding industry and particularly in ceremony because, you know, everything in ceremony, like anything can happen, uh, 
is that you've always got good stories to tell at parties. You know, <clears throat> you walk into a party and everyone's like, done any weddings lately? Annie? <laughs> got any good stories? Totally. And I'm like, well. <laughs> and this just comes back to what we said before about why you hire a professional because mm, yeah. someone who – Things someone on who, their feet. Someone who, yeah. you need someone to be able to act in those manage the situation. Manage the situation in those, and that is what you're hiring them to do. You're assuming that something might go wrong, and it's how they handle it. That is, yeah. that is, yeah, that's yeah. literally thinking it. Thinking on your feet, thinking quick, grace under pressure. You know, all of that, a, a true professional, a seasoned veteran in the mm. wedding industry will always have grace under pressure and is a, is solution focused. Mm-hmm. You won't have a, you won't have a wedding vendor who really knows what they're doing, constantly bother, bothering you throughout the day and going, should we do this now? And what do you think about this? And would you like your guests to, you're like, no, you do not want that on your day. Mm-hmm. On your day, you want to be there moving through it, having fun and not thinking about decisions and, mm. you know, what's happening on the timeline. And that, that, like I said to you earlier, if you've got good professionals on board, none of that should happen. Golden words of wisdom to live by. Um, okay, question two. Would you rather, I love these, accidentally bring another couple's vows to read or forget your PA system for a wedding of 100 guests? Oh, that is rough. So I feel like like I've never forgotten my PA system, but I have had a P, my PA system stop working mid-ceremony. We were getting married. We were getting them married outside and it was just torrential rain. Like we shouldn't have been out there, but they were determined and I had to have an umbrella over my PA system, but there was just too much rain. So mm. the the signal between my wireless microphone and the PA system was lost. No, nothing I was saying into the microphone was being picked up by my PA. So I was effectively uh, PA-less and it was raining, so it was noisy. And there, so I'm, I pretty much just said, come in close, <laughs> get around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to use my school teacher voice here. And and they, no one could really hear the couple's vows, which was a shame. Mm. They could definitely hear me though and everybody said afterwards that it was, you know, it added to the, the excitement yeah. of the day. No one could sit on those seats anyway because they were wet. But um, I think oh, bringing somebody else's vows, the couple was spent, I know how much time and effort and energy goes into writing and creating those vows. I do vow writing workshops with all of my couples and help them put the vows together and I know how much they deliberate over them. So I feel like if I was to let them down in that regard, mm. I would, yeah, I feel like the other the other problem I could probably troubleshoot bit better but if I found out in the moment during ceremony that I had the wrong vows there that would be really crushing Mm. yeah (laughs) and you can almost like blame it on technology like ah technology like classic two two couples named Sarah and Sarah and Amy you know like yeah this was the other Sarah and Amy's (laughs) vows lol just read them anyway (laughs) yeah like it's fine yada 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 you love each other heaps we get it let's pronounce you married shall we (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Cringe. So much cringe. Okay. (laughs) Oh, the other lesson in disguise there, have a really good plan B. Have a really, really good plan B for weather. Yeah, I would never. That would never happen. Like, 
worst case scenario, all my couples email their vows to me prior to the ceremony. I would grab my phone. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean weather-wise. <laughs> Oh, the weather. Never, ever. Never, ever opt to get married in the rain. It's always worse than what you think it will be. Mm. If You will have, it doesn't matter what the interior of your plan B looks like, if you're dry, you'll have a better time. You'll Mm. have a better experience getting married. Even if you've got a massive, you know, floral installation set up outside, if it's raining, if it's really raining, a bit of drizzle, no worries, but if it's really raining, Go inside. Mm, yeah, <laughs> totally. No, don't, I, don't hesitate. I agree. Okay, third question. Would you rather have to listen to A Thousand Years by Christina Perry every day for the rest of your life <laughs> or never be able to listen to music again? I'd never be able to listen to music. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow. I was like, this is an easy answer anyway. I knew the answer to that as I wrote it. Yeah. I, I know which one would crush my soul more. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd rather deprive myself than send myself insane. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. And finally, um, would you rather – no one laugh at your jokes as MC or play the wrong song for first dance. Oh. Picked a goodie, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've had people not laugh at my jokes before and it does <laughs> suck. Oh, it's even happened in ceremonies. Sometimes you get a really introverted crowd and you've written this golden script. And you've got all of yep. these um, magical little puns and nuggets weaved into it. And with the right crowd, you know it would be an absolute baller. But when you get a group of introverts who really don't know how to act when they get to a wedding ceremony and they're like, you can see <laughs> that they're, they're like a deer in headlights and they <laughs> Yes, they want to laugh, they want to cry, but they just don't know if they're allowed to. So they sit there frozen, you know, and you, oh. you're, just, you're dropping all of these bombs and um, then you can just see the, you can just see the, what do you call it, the, the where well, you can hear crickets chirping in the yeah. background oh. and you see the, what do you call that? Cogs that turning. Hay? The hay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're all the whirly the winds. Tumbleweed or the tumbleweed. Or the tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of just goes through the ceremony space and you're like, hey, I'll be here all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God, I feel that in my soul. Like, because it doesn't matter how prepared you are, how good your jokes are. Like, it all depends yeah. on the guests, hey. And sometimes yeah. I leave a ceremony going, I'm quitting. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. I put a fork in me. My career over. And how funny is it? Because of, oftentimes when I've left a ceremony feeling like that, like I'm a failure. Yeah. And then the next day or even the same day, you get a flood of text messages yep. and emails saying that was such ama- an amazing experience. Everyone's talking about how much they loved it, how funny you are. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what love? You know? Not even a goddamn snicker. Yes. Funniest ceremony I've ever been to, or the, the you know, and you're like, that is not the reception that I received or felt that I received on the day. But 
people you cannot always read people you do not know yeah. how how it's being received and it is very affirming to get those messages and you can feel a huge sense of relief or they might even come like a couple of weeks later and the couple leaves you a glowing review and you mm. go I'm not crap. I'm not <laughs> shit. I am okay. Yeah. Like, oh, so, so funny. Um, so in response to your would you rather question, um, because I have become used to, uh, you know, that kind of a scenario and the day is all about the couples. So I'd rather have nobody laugh at my jokes <laughs> and stuff something up for them. So I would... I would say have no one laugh at my jokes while I'm seeing. Oh, and- answer like yeah. a true professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annie, it is always a pleasure to see you, whether it's a professional environment or just cocktails at the pub. Um, we're overdue, by we're the way. overdue for a cocktail at the pavilion. <laughs> uh, where can our guests find you? Celebrantladylove.com or you can find us on Instagram at celebrantladylove. Um, Love Buzz Events is the name of the venue if you want to check that out. And, yeah, the website for that's still incoming, but it has got a little Instagram page that's already been started up. And, yeah, that's that's me. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Annie. It's been so great and I have loved hearing all your words of wisdom. Definitely feeling feeling like you're a bit more prepared for your wedding now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, that's good. And this is also going to be really great for me to be able to play to my couples. I'm like, we don't even need to do a Zoom meeting now. Just listen to this podcast interview. <laughs> and it has everything covered. Everything you're going to ask, everything you want to know, it's in there. Here we go. Hit, yeah. hit play. 100%. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks oh. so much, honey. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, girls. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's chat. If you loved what we had to say, hit subscribe, leave us a review, and find us on Instagram at some would say podcast. Talk then.